If you have any topic suggestions that you'd like to hear more about or questions that you're hoping that we could maybe address on a future podcast, you can click the Get in Touch box right on our website at ktsmoneymatters.com. And the Hardworking Woman's Guide to Money, available either on our website, KT's Money Matters, or on Amazon. Or of course, you can find our link in the show notes. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hey there, and welcome back. This is KT at KT's Money Matters, coming to you with your tips and quips and ideas about how to grow money, save money, invest money, sometimes even spend some of that hard-earned money. As you know, being self-employed for more than a quarter of a century, I really love the topic of how people grow their business and develop their business and expand their business. I'm always looking for entrepreneurs that can come to the show with an idea or a topic about how they develop their business, how they think about what is required to make sure to have that truly successful business. And and even for that matter, to just define, you know, what feels successful to you as a business owner. So I've asked Patty Farmer, she's a media and marketing strategist, an international speaker and a podcast host, as well as a magazine publisher. She works with small business people like myself, entrepreneurs and speakers to attract and convert ideal clients on a 24-7 strategy so they can work as much as they want in the way that they want and obviously grow their wealth doing the work that they're passionate about. I'll talk a little bit more about Patty as we come into the break, but strap on. I think this is going to be a great interview. Your host, Katie Thomas, is the Director of Portfolio Services at New Day Solutions, a firm offering expertise in retirement planning, with more than 25 years of experience, dedicated to high net worth individuals, families, and business owners. We work with you to have a coordinated approach for your comprehensive investment goals, providing concierge service for all generations from a team who can see things from your side of the table. Go to newdaysolutions.com for more information. Thanks for hanging on with me for the break. I want to take a moment and introduce Patty Farmer. She's going to join us today. Patty, say hello to our audience. Hi, everyone. I am so glad to be here and talking about one of my favorite topics. Nice. You know, when I was reading your bio and we were discussing the show and getting ready, one of the things you talk about is the idea that you believe that everybody has a mission and that part of what you do is you help them master this and monetize this, whatever their message is. And so I'm wondering, let's start right there. How do you help people define what it is that they believe is their true message and mission? Well, one of the things that I really believe is that our mess is usually our message, whether people believe that or not. It really is. And it always starts there. So one of the things that I really like to do is to work with people to really help them to design That's my favorite word to design the lifestyle they want to live and then build a business that supports that, not the other way around. When you have a job, Right. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there who do have them. That's good. Right. But the thing is, a lot of times you don't love your job. And even when you leave that and you have a business, a lot of times your business owns you. I know many, many, many people who have come to me and said, you know what, Patty, 
I, I know I became a business owner because I really thought it was going to give me freedom. And I thought I was going to be able to have this bigger mission. And I was going to make this bigger impact in the world. And literally all I do is work, work, work. And I spend less time with my family. And I think the reason for that is because they don't think about the lifestyle they want to live. So I really feel like that is the core. At the core, what is the lifestyle you want to live? And it's going to be different for everybody. And I know a lot of times when people hear the word lifestyle, they're thinking, oh, I want to travel all over the world and and I want to, you know, be doing this and taking all these vacations. And for some people, it is that. But for some people, it's just that they want to be able to go to all of their children's soccer games and be able to, you know, take them to gymnastics or maybe just take one vacation a year with their spouse and one vacation a year with their children. I mean, whatever it is, it's different for everybody. But you have to know that first, because once you know that lifestyle, then I can come in and say, okay, in order for you to have that lifestyle, this is what that's going to look like. And then I can help them to master market and monetize that. Love it. So that's what's important. So here's what I'll say to you out there. I know all my hardworking gerbils. You know, they're just on that treadmill and they're running, 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 running. Can't go fast enough. Can't grow quick enough. Not sure what to do next, but we better stay busy. The cereal cannot rest. You know, as we know, like those super type A people, there must be something we could be accomplishing at this minute. Here's what I'll say to you. If you're that person and you're trying to figure out how it is you put yourself in the very perfect mousetrap of working hard all of the time straight out, as I know many of you do, and I know over my career, I have been guilty of this at different times in my career where I have lost focus of what that piece is. And then I just work harder, right? I just push hard because I really believed, you know, I was raised by the idea that if you just worked hard and you leaned in when others leaned it out, that you could move forward. So if you're that person today, do me a favor, stop typing on your keyboard. We're going to take this a little further. But first, Patty, let's get a little background. Tell me a little bit about your story and what your aha moment was that led you to you know, believe about how you think about your mission. So I think one of the things that's really interesting, and I don't know if this has ever happened to anybody else, but it only takes one moment to change the trajectory of your business and your career. And for me, that was when my husband came home and said that his company was moving us. Now, my husband's an aviation engineer, and obviously I'm an entrepreneur. And at that time, I owned a mortgage company and I owned a marketing company, Brick and Mortar. And this was in 2008. And we all know what happened in 2008, right? And so that changed my business forever. So we ended up moving from Las Vegas to Dallas. When we moved to Dallas, I remember standing. This was my aha moment. I remember standing in the living room while I was waiting for the furniture to be delivered. And I was thinking, what in the world am I going to do now? I don't know one single person here, not one. How in the world am I going to rebuild my business? And as I sat there feeling sorry for myself, I know we all have a, you know, it's okay to have a pity party as long as you get back up and put your big girl panties on. Um, I said to myself, Patty, what are you thinking? I mean, you are living in a Metroplex now where you don't know anybody. That's an opportunity, right? That's an opportunity. And I got up put my big girl panties on. I walked over to the refrigerator and on a piece of paper, post-it note, I wrote 100,000. And my husband came home and he said, what's this? And I said, that's my goal for the next year. I don't know one person, but in one year, I'm going to know 100,000 people and I'm going to make $100,000 doing it. I did it in nine months. It was a lot of work. But from that moment, I just said, this is what I'm going to do. And then I sat down and made a plan. 
and it worked for me. So I just have to tell you, sometimes it all starts with making a decision. And once you make that decision, as long as you keep putting one foot in front of the other, it doesn't matter. Sometimes there'll be giant steps and sometimes there'll be baby steps. But as long as you always look forward and you don't look backwards, you'll get there. Let's talk a little bit about relationships. I know that relationships for you are the foundation of the way that you've grown your business and the way that you think about yourself as having success in your business. And in fact, you know, you talk about those 100,000 relationships and, you know, the idea of building the kind of people around you that you want. Can we talk a little bit about how you built that the first time around and, you know, kind of what your game plan was? So after you came up with your vision, sure. what did you make your action steps? Which I really love that. So first of all, one of the things that I realized early on, and um, for those that are out there, this might be a writer downer. Here's the first thing I realized. I realized that when you're out there building relationships, before you do that, you make contacts, right? So you make contacts every day. Like when you meet people at a networking group or when you're just going out to dinner with people. I mean, I have to tell you, I meet people standing in line at the grocery store. Now, part of that is I actually wear a shirt when I'm out that says, I talk to strangers. I have many of them. It's always just a conversation starter. And I tell people all the time, if you're shy or you're an introvert, or you're just not really into knowing how to start conversations, wear something that will make people come up to you, whether that's a great pair of shoes or a tie or a a really great statement necklace, people will come up to you. So you can just do that. But what I did was I told myself, okay, I have to really figure out how I'm going to do it. So here is my thought. My thought was that when I meet somebody who's a contact, I realized that the only difference between a contact and a contract is the R. That's the only difference. And that R stands for relationships. So contact, contract, you have an R and that R stands for relationships. And so for me, I knew early on, it was going to be about how do I build relationships? Now, one of the things that I have perfected over time is to do it in a qualified, intentional way. Um, I'm sure every single person here who's listening is thinking, oh yeah, I've done that. And everybody could probably tell us a horror story of when they went and met somebody for coffee and walked out of there going, oh, there's 90 minutes of my life. I'll never get back. I get it. I've been there too. I did that. So you have to be a little bit more intentional than that. So I always like to say I qualify everybody first and I never... This is from somebody who's a true master networker. I never go meet anybody in person until I have a phone call with them first. And that phone call is a seven minute phone call max. And I ask them three questions. And if I get the answers to those three questions, it will tell me whether or not I should go and meet them. Or if it's a virtual call, you know, virtual coffee works too. But really, honestly, getting to know those uh, questions first that are intentional, I'm more than willing to share the questions if you'd like. I'd love that. That's where it starts for me. Why don't you share the questions? I think our audience would love to hear that. Perfect. Okay. So the first question that I always like to ask, and um, this kind of always goes with what you should not say too. So I, I always like to know what not to do. So we've all been trained to say when we meet people, oh, so what do you do? We all say it. I never say that anymore. It is what I used to say as well. But the reality is when you ask someone what they do, as soon as they start telling you, they automatically go into sales because they're filling up time. So kind of try to get away from that. And here's a better question. Who do you serve? And the reason why I like to ask this question is because it kind of takes up their eyes off themselves. And whatever they say helps me. 
The first thing is if they don't know and they kind of look at you like, oh my gosh, I don't know, that kind of tells you something right there. The second thing is as they're telling you who they serve, you should be thinking about, wow, do I serve them too? Because that could be a good opportunity, right? And if they tell you who they serve and you don't serve any of them, this is an opportunity for you to serve your network or maybe be able to do an introduction or referral to somebody else. So knowing who someone serves really helps you. So that's the first question. The second question is, I know a lot of people. And if I was going to tell them about you, what would you want me to tell them? And the reason I ask that question is because now you're not going to get fluff. Now you're really going to get how do they show up in the marketplace, right? What's the value they bring to the marketplace? Because now you're saying, wow, I know a lot of people. And if I was going to tell them about you, what would you want me to tell them? So now they're going to get uber focused now on, hmm, what do I want her to tell people? So when you ask somebody this question, now I am going to tell you here that the three questions I'm going to give you before you start using them, you might want to be able to answer them because a lot of times they're going to say you first, right? Oh, well, why don't you go first? So you should be able to answer them. So kind of get that down first. But once they tell me the value they show up, I really love that. So now I know who they serve and I know how they serve, right? So that's super important. And then the third question I always like to ask is, what's your phrase that pays? And when I ask that, which is my question, of course, they don't know the answer. And they'll say, what? And I'll say, well, what differentiates you than everybody else who does what you do? Right? What's your phrase that pays? And when I ask them that, they will almost always, like 98% of the time, they'll say, oh, well, why don't you go first? Right? Because they have no idea how to answer the question. And here's how I say, oh, sure. Let me give you an example. And they're like, oh, great. And feel free to use my example. So this is what I always say to give them an idea of what I'm talking about. I'll say, I know a realtor and most of us know at least 10, right? Right. I'll say, I knew this realtor and we were talking about this and she's like, Patty, I'm a realtor. What makes me different? I said, I don't know. Let's talk about that. And what she told me was that before she became a realtor, she worked for a builder. And when she worked for the builder, her job was in the negotiation department. And so she knew every single thing they could negotiate on and everything they couldn't. So if you were going to buy a house from a builder, wouldn't you want to have a realtor who knew everything they could negotiate on and everything they couldn't? That was what differentiated her. So the question is, what differentiates you? What do you do differently than what everybody else does? So when you think about this, now you know who they serve, you know the value they bring to the marketplace, and you know what differentiates them. You pretty much know everything you need. And then I have a bonus question if I'm in person when I'm asking this. Like sometimes, you know, you're at an event and believe me, I can ask these three questions and have a conversation in less than five minutes. If I'm in person and now we're getting to the point where we're going to possibly exchange business cards, here is the bonus question. And I'm going to tell you if this is the only thing you take away from this interview today, this will be a game changer for you. Um, so visualize in your mind your business card. And it'll be different for you than it is for me. So all that matters is that you know. So in the top corner, right corner of my business card, for me in a legend is Twitter and the bottom is Facebook and then LinkedIn and then Instagram. Now for you, it could be Pinterest or something else. All you need to know is what the corners stand for. When I am exchanging business cards, here is my last question and the bonus question. I will say to them, so what social media platform do you like best? Where do you like to hang out? And they'll tell me. 
And if they say, oh, Facebook or LinkedIn, when we're done, I fold the corner of their business card where they told me they hang out. Because here's what's going to happen. What happens is we connect with people where we hang out, which may not be where they hang out. And two, why in the world would you want to go home and connect with them on every single social media platform if they just told you where they hang out? That's all you need to know. Where are they? And so think about if you had a stack of business cards and your follow-up was just looking at the card and connecting with them, depending upon the corner that was bent. How much easier would your follow-up be if now you were just connecting with them where they were. So you know the value they bring, who they serve, how they show up, what makes them different, and where they hang out on social media. I could have the answers to that in five minutes, and that's all I need to know. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) That's my system in a nutshell. And it has served me very well. And that conversation in five minutes lets me know what I need to do next changes the whole dynamic of the conversation and lets me know, should I have coffee with that person? Should I not? Should I do some introductions? Do we already have a collaborative opportunity here? What's next? You know, that's why I say it's not networking. It's next working. What happens next? So let me ask you now, you know, here's what I know about the entrepreneurs. We're all kind of particularly good at the thing we think we're really good at. And then there are all these other peripheral jobs around growing your business and running your business, frankly, the day-to-day operations that might not be, you know, our course strength. I always kind of go back to Emith and think about, you know, how they talk about the people who can just run the current business. They know how to take care of their clients in that one way that they work. But when it comes to all the other jobs, and I would argue that marketing and media management and public relations is a huge part of a growing business's responsibilities. And a lot of solopreneurs, maybe not, maybe not the thing that they're best at. Can we talk a little bit about how people that feel like they're maybe, uh, oh, let's say marketing and social media challenged, how they might access the kind of benefit, the kind of information and access and training and maybe assistance out there? Because it seems like there's a lot of resources out there, but it's hard to choose what it is that you should be looking for And can you talk a little bit about that as somebody who provides those kind of resources and where people are and then what might make sense at that level? So like maybe we'll start with somebody that's, uh, you know, doing a startup versus say somebody who's five years into the business and has a, a small and loyal following and then maybe somebody who's running a mature business but really has not made the jump. Sure. Let's, let's start with the young ones first. You're starting a business, you're trying to build your name out there. What are the things that you should be looking for if you're trying to build into social media and marketing? So what I'm going to tell you is no matter which one of those you fall into, the process is the same. The only difference is as you have a more mature, financially stable, bring in more money business, you can hire some of these things out to be done for you. And you don't have to do every one of them yourself. Now, obviously, when you're a startup and you have more time than money, you're kind of wearing all the hats. So as soon as you can get away from that, um, you will. But the process is the same. So let's just start with that. So the first thing that you have to know, so the question you have to ask yourself is, who is my audience? Right? You need to know who is your audience. You have to be really clear. So here's what I'm going to tell you. I find a lot of people and a lot of quote unquote gurus are out there talking about target market. You know, you hear it all the time. Oh, you really need to know who your target market is. I'm going to tell you if all you know is your target market, you're already losing. Because your target market means that they have a problem 
and you have a solution, which is great. All right. So start there. That's a good start. But really, when you're going to become more profitable is when you stop worrying about a target market and focus on target buyers. And the difference of that is that a target buyer is someone who has the problem of which you have the solution, but they're actively looking for the solution. Two totally different things. You know, you can go, you know, and try to shake the trees and try to get somebody who has that problem and tell them that, that, oh, you have this problem and I can solve it. But if they're not actively looking for a solution, that's going to be a lot harder and take a lot more time. So really go to target market and then go deeper. That's probably one of the things I really like to work with my clients on is like, let's talk about target buyers because that's much more important. So once you get that down and you have target buyers, really now when you're talking about social media, it's always important about engaging. And so I always like to say that when you're talking about social media, focus on three things. First is educating, right? Educating people is something really important. We love that. Second thing is empowering. We really want to empower. That's why quotes and those type of things are so um, really popular and powerful on social media. And the third thing is entertain, which is kind of why all the little dogs and babies and those type of things really are entertaining, right? Right. Because we want that, right? And so you need to have all of that and you need to be thinking about time. So you really want to make sure that you're always providing value like 80% of the time. And you want to make sure that 10% of the time you can be entertaining because people like that too. And then 10% of the time you can actually be promoting yourself but only 10% of the time. So you need to be thinking about that. And you need to be thinking of ways you can be promoting yourself that aren't really, really salesy, right? You know, there's only so many ways that you can say, buy my book or, you know, look at my program, that type of stuff, right? You know, you really need to be thinking about other ways that you can provide value um, and open the door so people can taste you first before they hire you, so to speak. And so I think that's really, really important. Now, what I was saying before about hiring people. So posting things like the educational stuff, like links to your blogs, that kind of stuff, you actually can automate a lot of that, right? What you cannot automate, let me be clear, is you cannot automate the engagement part. That has to be you. It's not like you can buy a gym membership and hire somebody else to go do the push-ups for you, right? You have to show up. (laughs) So in this one thing, You have to make sure that you are. So as your business makes more money, you will always do the engagement part yourself. But some of the other things you can hire and you can automate them, right? You know, you can hire somebody to make the cute memes for you. You can, you know, I mean, I have somebody who does all that stuff in Canva for me and creates that stuff. But what I'm talking about when I say it, the points that I want to make, the conversation, that has to be me because that is what is going to determine whether somebody is a fit for you and whether they think you are the fit for them. They're, unless you do something that literally you're the only person that does, in which case, good luck finding that target buyer on social media. There's probably a million people who do what you do. And how do you differentiate yourself? Why people will hire you is because they feel that you get them. And that comes with engagement. So that's the kind of the biggest one I'm going to say. And then the second thing is on social media, you want to make sure that you're where that audience is. So once you determine who they are, where are they? So what Facebook group should you be in? What LinkedIn group should you be in? Should you be on Instagram? Should you be on Pinterest? Is that where your audience, your target buyers are hanging out? So once you know who the target buyers are, you need to determine 
and do market research on where are they. And then those are the only ones you need to be on. You do not need to be on every single social media platform if your ideal client is not. So I think that really, honestly, a lot of times people think they need to be everywhere. Once you get your marketing and your media and you know how to leverage well, it will always appear like you are. I mean, people say to me, oh my gosh, Patty, you are everywhere. I see you everywhere. But the reality is I probably spend 40 minutes a day on social media. Love it. So 40 minutes a day. I know just when you said that out loud, how most entrepreneurs think that they have to spend hours figuring it out. 40 minutes a day. As a business owner, I think there isn't a business owner that doesn't have 40 minutes a day to spend on growing the front side of their business by building the right relationships and, and to your point, next working and figuring out how it is that they leverage the different relationships that they build. And you talk a lot about the idea of leveraging the relationships that you have and how to make it a win-win for everybody. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. One of the things I think is really important is when you're leveraging those relationships, it's because you built them first. So that's why I didn't say leverage your contacts. I said leverage your relationships, right? So when you build relationships that are win-win, it's like, what are some of the ways that you can do that? I'll give you a couple examples. So Facebook Lives are really big right now and super easy and nothing that has to be too technical. So you can just think about a few people that you would love to mentor you or that you know your audience would love to hear, right? In other words, they support your audience in a different way than you. So like for me, just to give you an example, you know that I do marketing and media. So a lot of times I like to talk to people who are serving people as far as money in other ways, mindset, graphic design, website. These are all people that I don't serve them in that way, but they need it and I know it. So you can do interviews with those people, just literally turn on Facebook Live and ask them some questions and serve your audience. But one of the greatest ways and one of the things to think about is how can I hashtag or quote marks here, borrow credibility from somebody else. And one of the ways that you can do that is if you've built a relationship with somebody is in Facebook groups right now. So for example... I work a lot with speakers and I have a Facebook group of 3,000 people that are all speakers in that group. So one of the things that has been really work for me is when I'm in other Facebook groups where their people are my people, it's really easy for me to go to the organizer or the host of that group and say, you know what, what do you think about if I interview you in front of my 3,000 people? And then you could interview me in front of your people. So her people are my people and vice versa. So then I'll say, oh, well, what kind of topic is that? So it's kind of like being on a podcast, except you're doing it in a Facebook group. Great way to get in front of other people's audience, which then may become your audience, right? So that's really important. So there's a lot of different ways to do that. That's just one way. It could be from guest blogging. It could be, you know, doing some videos. It could be doing a webinar together. It could be doing a podcast like we're doing right now. Um, And you just want to make sure that you always offer value and you're always edifying and supporting whoever the host is. And then you want to make sure that you know, what are some different ways that you can add value and what are some ways that they might want to stay in contact with you once you get off that interview in any way, shape or form, right? And so you want to make sure that you're always serving too. So a lot of times I serve first, it's kind of like, always show up and you serve first, right? So I always love to go out and reach 
out to people and say, oh, I would love for you to support you and have you come into my group. Um, I publish a magazine and the magazine is complimentary. And I do it solely because this is a way for me to support my audience and the buyers. And I don't have to do it myself. So I get to spotlight other experts. I give them a platform in front of my, right now my magazine has over 65,000 subscribers. So where can you get in front of 65,000 people? Right. So when I ask them if they'd like to write for my magazine, right, if it's their demographic, that's a great opportunity to showcase them. So think about when you're building relationships with people. It's not about what can they do for you. Think about what can you do for them first. Right. So always serve first. So I think that's really important. But there's a lot of ways to leverage time, energy, money, because I got to tell you, you know what it would cost to advertise to 65,000 people? A lot. Right? A lot. So think about it. So these are some really great ways that you can leverage the relationships that you've built and make it a win-win for everyone. So now that we've talked a little bit about the magazine, can you tell people how they might subscribe to your magazine? Sure. So the magazine is called Marketing, Media, and Money. And everyone in the magazine generously shares their knowledge. But most of all, what's important to me is that they share trends strategies and tips of what's working now. Not what was working two years ago or a year ago, but what is working now. And to get the magazine, you just have to go to Patty, Patty's with a Y, pattyfarmer.com forward slash magazine. And it doesn't cost anything. And I just really feel like this is a great give back to my community and also a way, like I said, for me to showcase other experts and give them a platform. So one of the other things that I love to ask people is what they have coming up next that they're working on, things that they might want to take a minute and share with a listener audience. Sure. So I'm working on two things right now, one bigger than the other. So one of the things I'm working on is my magazine, Marketing, Media, Money, uh, the podcast. We're interviewing for that right now, and we're going to be doing a live event. So that's going to be really fun. And then the exciting thing that I'm working on is I've partnered with my daughter who also owns a marketing company. And in Las Vegas, we have uh, purchased 10 acres of land and we're building a hotel and event venue there. It's going to have four event venues there for us to be able to work with people to that do their own events and speakers. And so I'm really excited about um, that. That's a very, very big project. Won't even open until October 2020. But that's my big, big project. But the other things keep me busy when I'm not traveling speaking. Because, <laughs> you know, you don't want to be bored. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Patty, thank you so much for spending some time with our listeners today. You are so welcome. It was a pleasure to be here. So I'm hoping that the listeners got a few tips from here. Here's what I'll say to you. If you didn't get it all in the first listen, there was an awful lot to go around. Give it a second listen and pass it on to somebody that you think could use a little bit of this advice too. Until we speak again. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes, and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.